Welcome to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. This is a podcast about seeking first the kingdom of God where we work, live, and play. The content of each podcast will correspond to the current sermon series at Ontario Christian Church, current events that rise up, and also to the church calendar. Thanks for listening. Hey, welcome back to the Seek First podcast with Stephen Jordan, episode number five. We're going to be talking about sowing and reaping, uh, specifically focusing on um, from sorrow to joy or from grief to joy. Uh, You will have heard the text covered in the sermon this week, uh, but we wanted to explore a little deeper, a little further in, in regards to what the Bible has to say about how we process grief a little bit, as well as uh, reach the end destination of joy in the Lord, which can be a difficult journey uh, for most of us because we can get wrapped up in the middle of the part of the journey and get lost in it at times. So, uh, Jordan, what are some of the texts that came to mind uh, as we discussed doing this podcast? Some of the texts that came to mind um, was Psalm 13, and that's one of David's laments uh, that he writes. Um, also, the passage in John 16 following the one we covered during the Sunday gathering we'll touch on as well, and I know you had one in Galatians. Yeah, we're going to be talking about the general principle of sowing and reaping out of the book of Galatians chapter 6 uh, towards the middle or end of this time together. So uh, the psalm of lament that you mentioned, uh, would you mind uh, kind of catching us up on uh, this psalm, maybe read it or anything you wanted to share from Psalm 13? Yeah, so, you know, we talked, as you had just said, we kind of want to frame this journey of grief to joy um, we, we talked about it on Sunday, but frame it within the larger context of Scripture as well. Um, and the Psalms are um, the book of worship for the church. They are songs that um, God's people have sung to him for years and years and years. And one-third of those Psalms are Psalms of lament. Um, sometimes they're sol- called Psalms of complaint um, or uh, just really w- what lament is is putting language to our suffering. A lament is putting language to our pain, putting language to our grief, putting language to our sorrow, whatever it is that we're going through. It's framing our experience and the experience of the human condition and the things that happen in this fallen world. It's putting language to them and then uh, speaking that language to God. It's putting them in the language of prayer. And sometimes suffering, sometimes grief, sometimes sorrow can honestly just be word chattering in the sense it leaves us at a loss for words Uh, we don't know what to say um, and a lot of times we don't think we can be bold with God we don't think we can say some of these things but more often than not especially throughout the Old Testament and even some of the things Jesus says to his own father um, maybe even make us a little bit uncomfortable like how long O Lord will you forget me forever which is the first line of Psalm 13 and so let's continue to read that excuse me Psalm 13, verse 1, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider me and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. 
And I just I love this uh, psalm, and, and there's there's plenty more throughout the psalms that kind of follow the same flow, uh, where, where David questions God, or the psalm writer questions God, and they're obviously in immense suffering, and, and there's something going on, and then they move into a petition. Consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. It's like he's speaking with such boldness to God. And then, and then it turns to kind of like a declaration of trust after he's gotten uh, what he's gone through kind of off his chest to the Lord. But I've trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he's dealt bountifully with me. And there's, like I said, um, these are littered all throughout the Psalms. And I think they're a way that we can process our grief. They're a way that we can process our suffering to put language to it um, and, and bring it to God. And, and you see there's a journey um, that David goes on from, from bringing it to him, um, expressing it to the Lord, and ending up at a place of, but God, I trust you. And I would, again, trust in your steadfast love. And there's kind of an, an arc of, of pain to praise. Um, and once, once David has, has sat in his pain and God moves and delivers him, he then can um, enter into praising God for his deliverance. I think that we have a temptation to get stuck in one of those three modes. Mm. Um, I, I know that uh, many people get stuck in the first part of just uh, the woe is me. I call it Eeyoreism. Um, and I think it's needful. I think we have to process mm-hmm. life. But some sometimes we were, we were become very comfortable there and kind of refuse to get in that middle section of actually crying out for change, like in the desire to see something move within us to see hope again. And just to be honest with that transition. And then there's some people that are on the opposite end. Like it's like, Oh, I'm going to pretend like nothing ever happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just be full of joy. You know, the joy of the Lord is my strength, which is very true. And I call on that verse frequently in my own life. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the temptation for some of us, is to skip the grief and just pretend like everything's all okay all the time. And I appreciate David in this sense because he actually allows us um, to have a window into his own heart and mind and soul uh, that it's okay to process life. Mm-hmm. Like it's actually needful. Um, God already knows everything is going on inside of you. And so uh, to not process it, the only person you're fooling is yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people from the exterior looking in go, oh, I see where they're at. And God looking on the interior goes, I already know where you're at and where you need to be. Mm-hmm. And sometimes a self-reflection of uh, lament is what's well, always for our sake, um, but not to get trapped in any three of those stages, uh, but to make sure that we're uh, continuing to move towards God as he's moving towards us in our time of lament and not uh, skipping over any of this. Because uh, that's, I think, a great train. Uh, it's a temptation for many of us mm-hmm. to either pretend like nothing bad ever happens or everything is bad. That always happens. And I myself can get trapped into those as well. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's a, uh, a thing that doesn't happen often. I think the temptation is very present for many of us. So anything else that you had with Psalm 13? It's one of them. One of the favorites that we use in counseling all the time, biblical counseling, is Psalm 13. And, and what is your lament? We have people share their laments mm-hmm. as well. But just one more thought, I think, um, just kind of the flow, like you said, the three different stages as we work through them. I think that you're right in saying there's two different temptations, and just to speak to the one that the temptation may be to avoid it. And I think if we avoid pain and the heaviness and the brokenness of our own lives. Um, there's a great danger there because we 
God wants to work in us through those things. I think suffering is one of the most often talked about things in Scripture where God forms in us maturity and perseverance and, and Christ in us. Um, and we run the risk, if we don't process it and if we don't bring it to him, as difficult as it is, we run the risk of really becoming a people who love to talk about God's healing and God's deliverance and in the love of the Father, but we run the risk of never experiencing that in our own lives if we don't open up to him um, in these ways. I, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's the blind trying to lead the blind. Mm-hmm. Like, how can I help somebody else walk through their sorrow and grief if I pretend like it doesn't exist myself and haven't processed it myself? And I think that's a lot of, um, I think we're spiritually anemic. Hmm as a culture in this sense, like a lot of people either get stuck in it or go the other way and don't actually process it. And so there's very few mentors, unfortunately, that have walked it through that can then walk with others. Uh, I think there's a big change happening right now, especially with coming through COVID and lockdown and all that stuff where everybody's like, man, I've got, I've got to deal with some stuff going on in my own head and heart. Mm -hmm. Um, So Lord willing, and another other side of this, Maybe we'll have people that have actually processed life through a biblical lens, through God's lens, and have come full circle uh, through that whole process and then be able to help others. So this could bear some good fruit if we if we walk through it, mm-hmm. then we can help others. And that's really one of the goals that I think God has for us is for us to process and deal with our own junk and stuff and then be able then to be equipped to walk with others as well, mm-hmm. uh, to use what Satan intended for evil. God intends to use for his glory and, and right. others good. So uh other scriptures? Yeah, we uh we worked through um John sixteen uh, during the gathering. Um specifically the um, John sixteen, eighteen through twenty sorry, sixteen through twenty four, where Jesus talks about your sorrow will turn to joy. <clears throat> and he's talking about the about uh, sending the helper, sending the Holy Spirit, and and asking uh, whatever we ask in His name, uh, the Father will will give it to you. And then He closes in verse twenty four. Until now, you've asked nothing in My name. Ask now, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. And just the the passage following that, I think, um, in a lot of ways, especially verse uh, thirty three in chapter sixteen, Jesus closes this teaching right before He moves into His high priestly prayer where what's been come to be called as the high priestly prayer. And he says, I have said these things. This is like his punctuation to all that he had just said. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. I mean, Jesus literally promises us that we will suffer, that we will encounter trial, that we will have to endure tribulation. And then he says, but take heart, like have courage. In this, I have overcome the world. Um, and I just find that to be so encouraging. And that's a verse that I've held on to in seasons of life where I'm experiencing tribulation and it seems like everything is going wrong. And um, But Jesus has overcome the world. And we can take heart and have courage in that. And... Um, that's also part of the, the process of learning, you know, as we're having tribulation of learning to endure and learning to persevere and trusting that Jesus has overcome the world and taking heart in that. Yeah, and I think as as we're talking about this, 
in the specific with that text, uh, Jesus knew full well what was ahead of him, the mm-hmm. cross, and he's been dropping hints. You know, three times he tells him, "Hey, I'm going to the cross." You know, and he reminds them that it's coming, um, and so he continues to kind of lead them and show them that you're going to have sorrow and it's going to be rough, and it's going to be hard, but on the other side of that sorrow is joy, like victorious joy. I've overcome the world. And I, I, as I'm thinking about that, like how many times does God give us hints of where we're at? And uh, we miss those as well. Like God's like, mm-hmm. I'm preparing you for a trial. or I'm preparing you for testing. or I'm preparing you uh, to endure uh, a time of sorrow. Uh, but take heart. I've overcome the world. And, and we kind of miss those hints that God is dropping at us mm-hmm. uh, so that we can remain strong through those trials or through those times of hardship. Because, um, I mean, the disciples... They experienced so much and yet missed out on so much to a deeper level until the resurrection, mm-hmm. uh, which is obviously the text that you just shared is Jesus nearing that season. And we covered that uh, in the sermon, uh, but also just the season we were finding ourselves, 40 days of preparation, walking towards the cross and then the, the burial and resurrection um, and just the confusion. There's so much confusion that lands between uh, grief and joy. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe not for, I th- you know, I think it's for most. Yeah. <laughs> I think most people experience like confusion. Like what I ask my, like what is going on? Like what's happening? What's shifting? Uh, what's happening inside of me? Your perception of life in general and the world is skewed uh, because you had an expectation of life and then suddenly goes sideways hmm. and you're asking Lord, you know, like the Psalm that you read in 13, uh, how long is this going to go on? Like, I don't understand what's going on. And um, just like God with the Israelites, um, taking them from bondage of sorrow and grief um, into joy, it was a long journey. Hmm. A whole generation passed away before that journey was completed even. Hmm. And so that journey of going through uh, out of Egypt into the wilderness and in that wilderness trying to find out who they were, who God is, and there's just a lot of questions that had to be answered in that process. Hmm. Um and it was a, a journey from grief to joy, ironically, is mm-hmm. what they processed and walked through with God in that. And I t- it t- gives me hope because God never abandoned them. Mm-hmm. He never abandoned mm-hmm. them in their wandering, in their wilderness, in their time of trying to figure out what's going on. God was ever present with them, tested them, <laughs> mm-hmm. but he was with them. And uh, so just being reminded, I guess as a listener, if you're going through that season right now, God is with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't abandon you in this process. Of from going from grief to joy, um, even though you may feel like it at times, mm-hmm. um, be be watchful, be discerning, and speak to the Lord, and be honest with Him about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have any other thoughts or any other texts that came to mind? Yeah, I think just as you're saying that, just as an added encouragement, like growth or maturity or the journey of grief to joy for every Christian that has ever existed in the world is one that's messy. It's one that's two steps forward, one step back. Sometimes one step forward and three steps back. It's never just like a straight line in one direction. It's back and forth. It's up and down. That's been my experience, and I know that's been everyone else's experience, if we're really honest, um, if we uh, reflect long enough to realize that. Um, and I think, you know, the the two temptations we acknowledged you know one to either ignore it and pretend like everything is okay or to uh, stay in it Um, I think a good a good practice to kind of combat both of those postures is just to consider everything that happens in holy week 
Um, you know, Holy Week kind of begins with um, Palm Sunday and the triumphal entry and Jesus literally descending from the Mount of Olives to his death. And everyone is like, the king is coming and they're, they're laying down their cloaks and they get palm branches. And you got to just imagine Jesus looking at his disciples who are excited, but he knows they still don't understand after how many times he's been like, I'm going to die and then die and then raise from the dead. And they're like, you know, they're thinking he's going to rise to the throne in a different way. Mm -hmm. And then you move through the week and Jesus gets betrayed by Judas and then he gets arrested and then he dies. And I, like the the pain and the grief and the heartache that the disciples would have felt, that Jesus would have felt while he was actively dying is all part of the Christian experience. Mm -hmm. And then you have Saturday where the disciples, I mean, what would they have been thinking on Saturday? Mm -hmm. I mean, just just awkward tension, grieving, like literally encapsulating their experience, experience probably is like, this is not what I expected. Who is God? Who right? is yeah? Who am I in light of all this? Yeah. Oh man! And what's yeah. going on? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then, so you have like the betrayal, the grief, the pain, the heartache, and then you get to Resurrection Sunday, and then that's, I think, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is like the whole of the Christian experience. It's the it is the journey of grief to joy. It's all that we're talking about. There's there's no resurrection joy without the grief of Friday. Um, there's no resurrection triumph without Jesus's death because he's not he wouldn't rise from the dead if he didn't first die. And so I just think reflecting on um, that as the entirety of the Christian journey of Friday, Saturday, and Sunday all being important aspects of our lives as we follow Christ. Yeah, and you can't experience you don't well you can't really know what true joy is unless you have grief. Mm. You don't know what you've been through right yeah. and and what is joy outside of you know so mm. it's all in a measurement of comparison so joy is found obviously in the lord but it's it's based upon your experience as well um of what you've been through and so i know what joy looks like because i've been through hardship and struggle mm. and so i can sense it but i can even have joy in the midst of hardship at times as well because you think about peter even like jesus finally coming in we talked about this last week maybe the week before even i don't remember but mm. um i mean even though the the resurrection occurred, Peter's still going. Who am I now? I messed up bad, you know. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is alive, and I. So he's still having this internal struggle, even though joy is there. Right. And so Jesus, in love, approaches him in the midst of that as well. And I think that even I, I take heart with that, like comfort with the, the fact that even though sometimes we make it quote unquote through the valley, and we're on the other side, there's still questions sometimes, like. Mm-hmm. You know, I messed up in in that journey, and what mm. does God think of me because I did mess up? And and praise be to the Lord, Jesus meets us in that and mm-hmm. uh, reassures us by asking us some hard questions. So, um, not to shy away from Christ in the midst of that. I just had a conversation with somebody, just feeling unworthy, and just reminding the individual and myself we were never worthy, mm-hmm. um, and yet God, you know, chose us and. Um, is established the relationship with us. Did you have any other scriptures or any other thoughts before we jump to Galatians? No. Okay. Um, Galatians chapter six. This is a, just a principle that I kind of wanted just to touch on. Um, 
that Paul shares with the church there in regards to sowing and reaping. Uh, because even when we were talking about, or I was considering um, this process from going from grief to joy, and then even the conversation we just had about getting lost in it and uh, the emotional ups and downs. I think there's a lot of temptations uh, to give up in the midst of that process. And uh, Paul reminds them in verse 8 of uh, chapter 6, uh, For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap. If we do not give up. So then as we have every opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially those of the household of faith. Now, it's a little out of context because it's talking about carrying one another's burdens and things along those lines and not growing weary in carrying each other's burdens. Um, But the specific text gives us a principle that um, there are times when we give up and we don't power through or don't trust in the Lord rather uh, and abide in him. That's way better than power through. That's just bad. I won't edit this. I'll leave that in there for your listeners because I think it's probably helpful to be reminded one another that we're to abide in Christ and in abiding in him. He's the one who powers through us. Um, but we don't want to give up. We want to press in and stay faithful and in due season we're going to reap um, and just having that hope of of trusting the Lord. Um, Lazarus, the interesting thing is John 16, Lazarus, Lazarus had died and been resurrected. And, um, and then Jesus dies, the one who resurrected Lazarus. Hmm. Hope is gone. Like if the one who resurrected Lazarus from the dead is now dead, then where is hope gone? And, um, I can't imagine what Lazarus was thinking. I mean, all we can do is suspect, but, um, just the author of life is gone now. Just, that is a deep hole mm-hmm. to get stuck in. Uh, and then to be reminded of the resurrection, which I'm really looking forward to resurrection Sunday this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but just kind of just continue, uh, to be faithful, um, in sowing in the midst, sowing hope in the midst of sorrow mm-hmm. and trusting in the Lord. Cause you will reap joy, uh, through that process if you remain faithful in pursuing Jesus, pursuing God uh, through this, which is Psalm 13, walking all the way through that process. Any closing thoughts as we wrap this up this week? Yeah, I think uh, in Galatians 6, verse 9, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we'll reap if we do not give up. Like just an encouragement. Um, <clears throat> like we said earlier, sometimes growth is messy. Uh, sometimes we really resonate, as Steve said, with the experience of the disciples and Peter having this internal conflict where he was like, I was wrong and, you know, I was over eager and just we can resonate with their ups and downs and Jesus still pursued them. Mm -hmm. He still loved them. And sometimes faithfulness in a season of doing good, um, is just hard. And, and I, experiencing this in some ways even in my own life right now and something uh, a couple people have said to me recently and it just lines up right with this is be patient Mm -hmm. be patient Um, and I think a lot of us you know um, we know patient patience is a fruit of the spirit Mm -hmm. Um, and we all would desire to be patient people I believe I don't think that's a virtue any of us would be like yeah I don't want to be a patient person but the reality is we desire to be patient people, but we never want to wait for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in the waiting. It's in the 
waiting while we do good, waiting while we be faithful, that God, although it seems like he's most far, he's actually most near doing the work in our hearts, developing patience. And so for those of you listening, I'm with you. Let's keep walking. Let's keep pursuing the Lord. Keep being faithful. Keep resisting the temptation to grow weary of doing good because Paul promises in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Thanks for listening to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. We hope you enjoyed the conversation today. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please feel free to reach out to us as well as any topics you would like us to consider in the weeks to come. We encourage you to continue to seek first the kingdom of God where you work, live, and play. Blessings. Blessings.